I listen. I can feel it. I experience it. And I breathe it. This is music to me. And who am I? My name is Nina, and I'm a music lover. And I'm about to take you on a journey into one of the craziest industries in the world. is connected by frequency welcome music lovers are you ready for another journey into the music industry my name is nina and i want you to follow me to discover something new first i want to thank you all for the great support and huge thanks to the infinity lighthouse team for providing the best recording and production service for this podcast and believing in me and this project of mine Today, I wanted to introduce you to one American professional responsible for more than 80 big names in the industry when it comes to marketing campaigns, project management, and various artist services and promotion activities, but also a recording artist. Yes, your support will always be precious. So if you'd like me to continue doing this podcast the way I do it, please make this easier for me via Patreon or PayPal donations. All the information will be written in the video description and on the Connected by Frequency Facebook page. And please subscribe to my YouTube channel, like this video and share it everywhere you can. Likes and comments count the most and I will much appreciate it. Thank you. One of the top dance music professionals on the planet, this guy has worked as a senior director of marketing at Astroworks, Capital, Island, Virgin Records, leading campaigns for huge names in the music industry, such as Swedish House Mafia, Dead Mouse, Above and Beyond, Porter Robinson, The Chemical Brothers, Eric Pritz, Moby, The Prodigy, Pet Shop Boys, Tiesto, Ami Van Buren, and many more. He runs Vampire, the world's number one marketing PR agency for electronic music. He is also a recording artist with over 4.5 million streams on Spotify. You can read his articles in famous magazines such as Billboard, EDM.com and some others. And he often gets invited to various conferences to talk about different topics related to the music industry. He's just a regular New York guy cruising in the streets of Belgrade for a few months already. And this is not his first time in our lovely city. A warm welcome to this legend everyone wants to work with, Lawrence Louis. Good afternoon, dear friend. Hey, it's great to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's good to hear. For sure. You seem you're in a good mood today. Yeah, I'm in a great mood. You know, I, I'm delighted I, to see that. Yeah, <laughs> I try to be. Yeah. All right, let's start from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I always like to start like that. So, mm -hmm. who is Lawrence Louis? The owner of world's number one marketing PR agency <laughs> for electronic music, a recording artist, leading music-related magazines reporter, a speaker. Who is Lawrence? Oh wow, that's a. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like a, I'm just like a New York boy, you know, born to Chinese parents. Uh, got into music uh, when uh, I started working for a, a college radio station. And then from there, I started working in the music business, uh, doing radio promotions, actually. That was my first job uh, for kind of cool indie bands. Uh, and then there was this huge revolution of uh, electronic dance music. And I kind of was a part of that, kind of along for the ride, uh, worked on... Uh, promoting and marketing some amazing records, uh, had the privilege of working with some you know amazing artists as well. Uh, for, so was kind of floated around the uh, major label uh, system for a while, mm -hmm. and uh, you know over the last five years uh, have been had my own uh, marketing agency and has been have been doing really well, uh, and also as as you said also work on my own music. Also, you know, do do journalism as well. So, uh, yeah, I do a lot of things wearing many hats. So it's good. <laughs> I enjoy it. Keep myself busy. Impressive journey, I have to say. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. All right. So, as you said, you started as a radio promoter mm -hmm. uh, and a music director at um, WNYU, New York mm -hmm. radio station. Uh, so, when exactly that happened, and how did it happen? Did it start? Well. Um, I don't, I mean, that was just, you know, when you're a student, I was actually a film student 
uh, at NYU and I got involved. I was always really into music, you know, going to concerts all the time. And I got involved in the station, was a DJ there, you know, you know, I, apparently some people thought I knew what I was doing. And so I was promoted uh, to music director. And, you know, it, this is a, a student uh, station, but because it was in New York, it was considered kind of an influential college student station. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was a good stepping stone into the music business because I kind of got to know all the other promoters from all the labels and got a sense of what it took to kind of promote music. And so that was my sort of first taste in promoting marketing music and what it takes. And uh, yeah, so that's that's sort of how I kind of made the transition from from uh, working at a radio station, then working radio promotions. And then at one point, I kind of transitioned into marketing artists Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. at a label. So, yeah. But when did you realize that you're into music, like really into music? Oh, wow. This is going to really date me, but I used to be, I used to be one of those kids that was, um, that, you know, listened to the American top 40, uh-huh. you know, and was like, you know, and, and I would be like watching MTV all the time and, you know, taping the songs off MTV and, uh, um, yeah. So I just, I've always been into, into music, you know, um, and I was, I was into pop music at first when I was a little kid, you know, because that's all I was hearing. Um, my parents were Chinese and they were mostly into classical music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I remember there was sort of a, a breakthrough for me where I got into more alternative music uh, because I was listening to things like Hall. It was the 80s, you know, it was a long time ago. So I was listening <laughs> to things like Hall and Oates, you know, and just whatever, like, you know, the Billboard Top 40 was playing on the radio and MTV. Uh, and there was a lot of good stuff there. But I had a friend named Daniel, uh, and he was into more alternative music. He was into things like The Cure and, uh-huh. and uh, you know, Susie and the Banshees and the Sisters of Mercy. And he, I remember specifically, he was like, Lawrence, what are you listening to? You know, like in the lunchroom. And then he would, uh, he then he gave me a tape right it's like listen to this and it was like all this weird like industrial music and uh like like gothic music and that sort of got me really into music because i realized that it's not just something on the radio but can be something like really interesting and artistic as well and i started going to concerts you know and uh yeah so that was sort of my introduction to music as it were a long time ago, I guess. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. uh, but you are a film producer and a director by profession, right? Not really. I never mm. really. I never really. I was a film. I was more like a film student. So I, mm-hmm. I have a. I have a master's degree at NYU in cinema studies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've always had an interest in film. Um, but I've never actually, I've never really actually made films and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. So. But how did you end up being um, top professionals in music industry? You know, from this point of view when you liked movies, for example. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I've never really actually said this publicly, but I think, uh, I was in film school, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, what I realized, I think maybe I was just lazy or something, because what I realized is if, if I envision something in my head uh, as a film that I want to make, I would have to get this whole team together. It would be expensive. You know, it, it would be a, a lot of effort, you know? Uh, you know, all the actors and cinematographers and, you know, and, and everything, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and to, to make something I was really happy with, right? Artistically, as a film, even if it's a short film. But I could create a piece of music in my room in an hour, right? Literally. You could write a song, you know, if you have a guitar or a piano, you can put together something that you can play it back and be happy with, you know, just by yourself, right? It's mm-hmm. sort of like writing poetry or something, right? You can just do it in your room by yourself, right? And that was sort of more appealing to me, you know? It was a kind of a more easier path to being creative than making film, you mm-hmm. know? So I think that is uh, 
sort of why I sort of gravitated more towards music. And also just by chance, you know, I started getting jobs in music ultimately, right? And I was getting jobs in film, but they were very kind of low level, like production assistant type jobs, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but then I started getting jobs in music that uh, was like real responsibility. My first real job in the music industry, other than being the head of the radio station, was being the, the head of radio for mm -hmm. this cool indie label that was putting out really cool records, right? Mm -hmm. And suddenly I was like, you know, a kid out of school and I was the head of their radio department, you know? So, I mean, it's a department of one, but I could just run the department, right? Yeah. Well, you know, at film, I wasn't really doing anything, so, yeah interesting point of view <laughs> yeah yeah cool okay so you and Kleinfeld uh, yes. who was music editor of CMJ at a moment when you were music director and promoter at uh, WNYU mm -hmm. uh, formed Vampire Marketing Agency after working together on Swedish House Mafia yeah mm -hmm. how did you two connect how did I do what how did you two connect you two I mean, I think we met each other when we were working on Swedish House Mafia. You know, the uh, you know, Swedish House Mafia's manager was Amy Thompson, who is a genius, who's amazing, right? Uh, she she retained uh, Justin to do press for uh, for the Swedes, mm -hmm. and I was the U.S. marketing point person. Uh, I was the their project manager at the time, uh, and uh, for Astroworks, and so that's that's how we. That's how we met. Yeah. So. Nice. And the journey uh, began. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've hired him for other things since then. And, uh, yeah, it was been an amazing journey with him and all the music that we've worked, you know, on together. So. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So your agency provides um, a full service marketing, project management, artist services and promotion activities. Um, how did you decide to start this kind of project, this specific kind of project? Is it about experience you had? Yeah, I think it was mostly kind of combining my experience with Justin Justin Kleinfeld's mm -hmm. experience, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, my my business partner, because he, you know, he was Tiesto's uh, uh, the publicist, and he's been the publicist, you know, he's been a publicist before, like Flux Pavilion, a lot of the big big acts in mm -hmm. the in the electronic world. Uh, and so he had the whole publicity thing down, right? But what I brought was more the marketing end of things, right? Because I've been working at, you know, major labels doing marketing for years. Um, and so, you know, when we formed it, we very consciously formed a marketing company, not a PR company, right? Mm -hmm. So we wanted to take a very holistic um, approach mm -hmm. to uh, to music and to bringing music to market because we feel that you know publicity PR is just one small piece of the pie you know and we want you know and 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 we want to be involved with like all aspects of putting a record out and getting it you know known to people mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. since that's you know our between the two of us that's sort of our our entire area of expertise we can handle everything so you know and and we feel like there's sort of a need for that as well and you know there is because mm -hmm. you know we we you know we're we have great clients we get approached all the time uh for kind of a more holistic approach as opposed to oh just get a review in a blog or something mm -hmm. right that's mm -hmm. just a very narrow way of looking at at the big bigger picture so you know we're very we, we look at things in a in a very big picture way uh we look for a kind of narratives and stories to tell about releases and artists and really work closely with the artists and management mm -hmm. and um you know to kind of create you know the campaign so uh yeah it's exciting it's what i do it's very creative you know and i'll say that because covid uh you know has created almost a vacuum because uh artists weren't able to tour as much as they that as they used to so there's a lot more dependence on creative marketing, right? They, mm -hmm. they, they're still putting out, they're still making music, putting out music, and there needs to be more creative ways to, uh, to get that music out to people, 
you know and so that's uh, and so that's why during this this you know we've been very very fortunate and lucky that during this whole period uh you know we've we've done well you know we've still you know people still hire us we have great uh you know long-term clients like above and beyond and Juna beats and Juna deep and a number of other clients so um you know so we've actually we've actually done well over the over the pandemic because there's always this need to like market records and to get records more exposed so exactly yeah. exactly i think what you're doing is really important and definitely there is there is a huge need for something like that uh, regarding the artists yeah Mm-hmm. And the industry itself, for sure. Yeah, and, and new creative ways, you know, because things are always changing and there's uh, always yeah. needs to be... This is know. really important, you know, to be creative all the time, you know, mm-hmm. to upgrade uh, your creativity. But how did you know you could easily gain clients if you knew at the beginning? <laughs> um, you know what? I think it's just confidence in our experience mm-hmm. and our resumes, because you know like you read it in the beginning you know we've worked you know among the the two of us with pretty much anybody who's anybody in dance electronic music Mm -hmm. right so you know the fact that we've done so much you know uh i think helps right Mm -hmm. in 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 just letting people know that you know we're not spring chickens we're not here just to you know email a couple of blogs we're actually kind of seasoned veterans you know and we Mm -hmm. know what we're doing and so, yeah, people so, sort of seek us out because of that. And they, and they, you know, they know about us, they find out about us, they, you know, they want to work with us. So that's, uh, that's great. We're really fortunate, you know, to, to be in that position. So, yeah. That, that's really interesting. I mean, everything comes around the experience, whatever you do in your life. So this is completely understandable. So, okay, uh, speaking yeah. of your clients, your first clients were actually British trio, <laughs> above and beyond. And uh, Australian producer and a DJ tidy, right? Uh, yeah, yes. That that those were my the early um, the early uh, clients that we had for uh, for Vampire when we first yeah. started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This mm-hmm. is what I was talking yeah, yeah. about. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, hell of a start if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was great. But how did mm-hmm. you start with? those exact names did you know knew them before okay so yeah well it's, it's a little bit of an interesting story because it's totally two completely different stories uh the first one the reason we got involved with above and beyond uh is is because of their team we knew their team mm-hmm. for for years uh, uh basically uh years ago uh there was you know, uh, 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 there's, there's an artist called Matt Zoe, which I'm sure you're yeah, uh, of course, uh, familiar, familiar with. <laughs> so who's amazing, brilliant artist. And he, uh, he put out a record that was a, was kind of a joint release between Anjuna and Astroworks, mm-hmm. right? Was his first album, right? And that album was, it was a debut record, right? Uh, and it did really well. He had a, he did a collaboration with Porter Robinson that I think went to number one on Beatport. It was a number one college electronic record. Uh, it was a number one breakout album on, um, on uh, billboard. So it, it did really well. Mm-hmm. And I was the project manager on that record, you know, because I was working for Astroworks. So I got really got to know the Anjuna team, James Grant there, who's amazing. Uh, and Alan McGrath. And so I kind of knew them. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so when it was time for, uh, you know, when I started my own company, I, I, I happened to see James Grant at a, uh, in Miami for Miami Music Week. And I told him I was like, I was leaving Island and uh, starting my own company. And so he said, well, we got to talk because we have a above and beyond album coming out in six months. So let's talk. And so that's how it kind of started. Wow. (laughs) Uh, And Tidy was great. Uh, Tidy sent us his, um, his uh, a really really cool album called Collide, uh, which I just I really personally loved because it was a combination of uh, he's he's a brilliant kind of arranger musician composer and then it, it was a a mix of electronic music and um, 
and classical music, right? Mm-hmm. It had like classical orchestrations and things like that. And we thought it was a really, really cool, interesting mix. And, uh, and you know, we told him that and we started working with him and we actually managed him for a while, oh, wow. you know? And uh, yeah, so So he, you, you recognize this in him? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we here's, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, what I say to all the clients when they first approach us is like, well, let's hear the music, mm-hmm. right? Because we have to vibe with the music. It has to kind of be meaningful of for us. We have to feel passionate about it to work it, you know? And for that, it just really started with the music. You know, he, he sent us the album, told us the concept, and we'd like, this is a, this is a beautiful record. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to help you get it to as many ears as possible. Uh, and we did. It went, it was, it, it was one of the few records that I think went top 10. Uh, I think it was like number two or something on the, um, on the on the iTunes electronic chart, but it also made uh, the classical chart as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, it was like it got on both charts, which uh, is very rare for a record. So wow. we're very happy with that. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but soon after your portfolio started growing like crazy. <laughs> like, so at this moment, there are names like Alice in Wonderland, Ami van Buren, Avicii. May he rest in peace. Um, Tiesto, Anjuna Beats, Anjuna Deep, Basement Jacks, Ben Bomber, BT, The Chemical Brothers, Clapton, Dead Mouse, Deep Dish, Alien Fur, Eric Pritz, Ferry Corsten, John Digwood, Lockwood Eyes, Lost Frequencies. Why am I even trying to name them all? Yeah. There are like 80 names, I think, over there. Um, so what is that crucial thing people recognize in your work as something, something valuable for themselves? Well, I think it's what I said before, and, and some of those artists were, are, were we worked with in the past on like various projects, mm-hmm. and some of them are ones that Justin also are like was kind of the lead on. Just just to be clear, um, I think it's I think it's just based on our experience. We've just been doing this for a while, <laughs> you know. That's proper. and that that really you know that really helps, and they you know, and it, we're just we just feel really kind of privileged and grateful that people would. Mm-hmm. Um, would you know let us you know kind of you know the work you know work on their projects that are so important to them so it's just uh yeah it's just been it's just been really great logical explanation (laughs) like okay um so working with artists and their manager managers can be challenging sometimes i'm aware uh so what was the biggest challenge you faced uh while running the agency well, okay. So the, I have a very specific philosophy about this, which oh. is what I say to clients, like as when I when we onboard new clients, right? Which is because I've been I've worked with so many artists and so many managers, right? Which is basically we're going to you know based on our experience, you know, we're going to tell you what our opinion and be very open with it, right? Mm-hmm. And be very honest with our opinion about about ideas and which way we should go with the marketing and you know things that you should do okay that said you're still the boss Mm -hmm. okay and you're still like the king of your brand Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and if it's something that you feel is off-brand or you're not comfortable doing right that's you know that's totally fine we'll pivot to do something something else you know so that that's sort of puts people at ease because, you know, they're, they're still going to be the, the, the head of their, um, you know, the, 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 the driver of the ship as it were, the mm-hmm. captain of the ship, mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we can drive the marketing and we can give you everything we can in our heads about what, how we feel, you know, with all our experience would work the best, you know, but you know, if you, if for example, yeah, you don't want to do TikTok, it's not your style, you know, then we pivot and we do Instagram, you know, promotions or Facebook promotions or something like that. Mm-hmm. We're very flexible, right. In, in the way, in the way we work. And I think mm-hmm. it puts people at ease because it's not, you know, we're, because that by saying that we can be honest, you know, you can say like, we're going to still do whatever you, you, you want to do, but we're still going to be honest about what we feel is the best way, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, because we've worked with so many artists and, you know, they're, they're, they're amazing. And, but, um, 
you know, they can be very opinionated about things. And you don't want that kind of friction, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's like, oh, it's so frustrating. The artist won't do this and the artist won't do that and things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people have that attitude, but we're very, um, you know, we're very flexible, right? If the mm-hmm. artist doesn't want to do something, then we'll pivot and do something else. Mm-hmm. But, okay, not only regarding artists, there should be some challenge that you faced working in the music industry. Challenge? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, you know, there's always challenges. Yeah. You know, there's like, a, you know, I'm trying to think. Um, I'm trying to think of like an interesting <laughs> uh, story that I, I can tell. But um, I don't, I don't have any. Not that big one worth mentioning. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I've worked with a, a lot of artists. You know, most artists are great, you know. Um, that, that's amazing to hear, actually. Yeah, I mean, most artists are, are, are great or, you know, it's not so much that they're difficult or challenging, mm-hmm. but, you know, they maybe just, you know, they don't want to make themselves available, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which, you know what, you know, as an artist myself, I totally get it. You know, I totally get it. It's like, hey, you know, they don't want to do every little interview with every little blog because they'd rather sleep or rather work on a song or rather just chill out and and prepare for their show. Mm -hmm. You know, I sort of get it, you know, because I understand the kind of artistic side of it as well. Mm -hmm. And that an artist needs to be, you know, needs to be given the room to be an artist as well. Right. Yeah. You can't get an artist to do everything. So mm-hmm. we throw a lot against the wall and say, hey, these are all the things you can do that, you know, but if we get, you know, just, you know, 20 percent of it done, you know, then we're happy, you know, because they're, they're you know, most artists aren't going to do everything or many of them don't want to do everything. Mm-hmm. So we only give the, we only offer them the, the really big looks and things like that. The things that are really worth doing. Mm-hmm. Um so it's not so much challenges. It's more that it's more that artists have different level. There's some artists that will that will do everything and anything, right? And that's great, you know. But there are other artists that are more like, yeah, don't I don't really want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just want to do my music. You do your thing. I do yeah. uh, my thing, and that's totally fine. You just need to adapt. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Can you reveal? few names you enjoyed working with the most and please don't be like the ambassador I love them all (laughs) and they're all my favorites (laughs) um well above and beyond uh, Mm -hmm. of course it's great to work with their Mm -hmm. team is great to work with as well and Anjuna Beats and and, and Anjuna Deep Deep. Mm um I mean it's you know this is what comes to mind mostly uh just out of the blue, but I really enjoyed working with the Pet Shop Boys just because they've always been heroes of mine, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, when we signed, when Astroworks, you know, signed the Pet Shop Boys for a few albums, uh, it was just a great honor to work with them and to hang out with them backstage at the, at like the Jimmy Fallon late night show and things like that. And just to kind of, I was, that was you know, on a fanboy level, that was kind of what was, uh, was big for me because they were like, I was like a huge fan of theirs as a kid. So, you know, uh, and they're nice guys as well. And they tell great stories, you know, a good combination so, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, do you instantly realize actually what client needs and how to achieve that? Or is it complicated sometimes? Are there some crazy requests from them? Um, that's an interesting question because there's a bunch of different ways I can go with them. It's not so much crazy <laughs> requests. It's, you know, um, I will say that I think some like newer client, uh, not newer clients, more developing artists, right? Artists mm-hmm. that are not yet stars. They're not mm-hmm. at the De- dead mouse Porter Robinson level, right? Okay, okay, okay. Uh, they're, you know, there is, they what I often sort of need to counsel them is to sort of just be patient, right? Because mm-hmm. Rome wasn't built in a day. And, and also, um, what's the other cliche I can think of <laughs> the, uh, you know, you never know how long it took somebody to become an overnight success, right? Like it took Kanye years to become an overnight success, right? Mm-hmm. So everything, once a, once an artist is successful, it seems like, oh, that was like, wow, overnight, you know? And mm-hmm. some artists, yeah, are overnight successes, but, you know, 
if, if you're putting out your first single, and we work with a lot of developing artists as well, right? You know, and I understand because you're the artist and this is your baby and you want it to get it out to millions of fans, right? But it might not work out that way. It might take your second single, third single, fourth single to build a story, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I want to counsel kind of younger artists, newer artists, is that there needs to be a bit of patience because you could have the best team behind you, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's a gradual process building, uh, for most artists, it's a gradual process, you know, building your fan base through your socials, through live shows, through various marketing ideas for just putting out product and uh, putting out music and, and putting out interesting assets and things like that. So it's, it's a, it's, it's a journey. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, for most people, it's not going to happen immediately, you know? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, you know, you have to kind of, you know, just say like, look, you know, I know you want this to be, you know, I know you want to be bigger than Jay-Z on your first single, <laughs> but you, you, you know, you they have won't. to, yeah, you have to kind of bring them down to earth a little bit yeah, sometimes you know? they won't. and tell them we're still going to have a good campaign, but you know, but just kind of had sort of manage their expectations. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, sometimes they want everything and they want it. Yeah. Now. We're very realistic. <laughs> What's what, you know, because we run our own company, we're very mm-hmm. kind of honest and realistic with people. Mm-hmm. And if they don't mm-hmm. like what we're saying, we don't need to work with them. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Exactly. So it's fine. Exactly. Okay. So if we talk about the client's fan base, um, I suppose it makes a difference in the markets you need to cover. Um, for example, America works, works in one way, mm-hmm. Europe differently, you know, mm-hmm. Asia, something completely op- the opposite. Is it a challenge to make everyone satisfied? Is it even possible to do that? Well, we obviously want to satisfy, you know, as many people as possible <laughs> yeah. and get to as many people as possible with the music, right? Mm-hmm. That said, you know, there's certain you know, uh, there's definitely, you know, certain pockets of, of, of demographics or, or nationalities, whatever, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Uh, that you have to sometimes focus on, you know, like some, you know, some artists appeal to very young fans, other artists appeal to kind of an older, more mature audience, you know, uh, like there's techno fans in Serbia are different, have different tastes than, you know, deep house fans in the UK, you know? Mm -hmm. So we kind of have to cater to, to, to different audiences. And, you know, I think, you know, you can't be everything to everybody. I feel Mm -hmm. like you sort of have to niche down and kind of focus on building a a kind of a core audience Mm -hmm. than trying to, you know, keep everybody happy. You know, that said, you know, we, you know, make sure that if there is an opportunity in Asia or in India or something like that, that we kind of take advantage of that Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of fans everywhere. And it's such a, with the, with the internet and everything, you know, everything, you know, the world is much smaller and, you know, a fan in Indonesia, you know, you can get all kinds of fans in Indo- Indonesia and things like that. We worked with a label called the NCS, No Copyright Sounds, and they had mm-hmm. fans from all over the world, oh, you wow. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like a YouTube channel and a uh, and a record label, and uh, they, they think they put out an early Alan Walker record, and mm-hmm. they... Um, you know, they're sort of like Monster Cat a little bit because they're, they started as a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. but they have fans from all over the world and stuff. So, yeah, it just, you know, you have to find your fans where, where they are. Got it. Mm-hmm. Do some serious research, whatever you do. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, this is actually a funny story. Uh, during the interview with Christian Burns, I mentioned we kind of met on the clubhouse. Oh, right. But actually, you and my, I met over there as well because we were in the same group a few times. Uh, you were over there talking uh, with Chris, with Elon Bluestone, uh, with um, Darud, BT, of course, as well, mm-hmm. um, Legend, Harry King. <laughs> um, so, and I, this actually, I realized this when I met you here in Belgrade, <laughs> which is super right. funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, coincidence. Kind of random. Yeah. Coincidence? I don't mm-hmm. think so. Um, <laughs> is it funny? It sure is. <laughs> but um, my first question is, are you still active on Clubhouse? You know, I go on and off of that. Um, I was very active for a while when it first started. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it's, it, it, it is a great way to kind of meet people, 
you know, and to kind of hear interesting perspectives. Mm -hmm. Uh, But on the other hand, I also feel like it's a bit of a, um, it's a bit of a rabbit hole, right? You could say, Mm -hmm. and I don't really have time to spend hours and hours on Clubhouse. Time consuming. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of times it's, you know, I, I would just put it on, you know, just to think while I'm cooking or washing the mm-hmm. dishes or something mm-hmm. like that and then mm-hmm. someone invites me on stage and says well what do you think about this Lawrence and I'm like I am not like right now I'm in my underwear I'm about to go to bed and I'm not thinking anything I'm just listening in you know uh so uh so yeah I mean it's a fun app uh mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm sort of off of it mostly now you know mm-hmm. but uh you know but I but I enjoy you know being on it as well yeah I think it's useful for artists more than some other people, I guess. Yeah. Okay, uh, but you're also a speaker over there. <laughs> I need to mention this at NFT conference. Oh, yeah. They asked me to be like a keynote speaker for mm-hmm. uh, NFT co- conference, the first ever NFT music conference or yes, something. something like that. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, the topic I love so much. <laughs> okay, it's not like I hate it. It's, not, it's just I don't know much about it Mm -hmm. um so i'm not completely into that you know things going you know virtual that way Mm -hmm. uh, for the artist but uh, as you know a lot about it can you share something with with us and audience (laughs) listening Do do you find it valuable for the artist first of all oh you mean nfts yes yes nfts yeah i mean I definitely think it's something that, um, I think two things about it. I, I think it definitely it is something that is going to be big in the future for artists, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's definitely a positive in that sense, you know? Uh, you know, on the other hand, you know, artists at this point need to be careful, especially developing artists, because a lot of the, you know, a lot of the big dollar signs you see, right, with like Blau and also BT is very big in that space as well. And we mm-hmm. work with both those artists um, are, you know, it doesn't translate to more newer developing artists Mm -hmm. right and so there needs to be a sort of a different type of economy Mm -hmm. for them you know i think you know that it's very exciting new world uh you know in which you know the artists can kind of have more control over you know over their product as well and it's Mm -hmm. very visual and but i think they you know uh, there needs to be some kind of a newer economy, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, for NFTs, for these kind of digital collectibles, you know, on the blockchain mm-hmm. that um, that the artists, you know, that it will just become another part. It doesn't replace, you know, music and touring and all the basic stuff that you still need to do. Right. But it'll just become or, or like merchandise or vinyl and mm-hmm. all, all the different things you need mm-hmm. to kind of market yourself. Uh, but it will just kind of be another part of it. You know, mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. kind of a natural part of it. Like, OK, so you're putting on an album. You got to get the vinyl together. You got to get the tour together and you got to get the NFTs together. So mm-hmm. it's something mm-hmm. something yeah, like yeah. that. Right now, there's kind of a gold rush mentality. And that I don't think that's that's very healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it will become kind of a natural part of the whole ecosystem of how you kind of bring music to market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I completely agree on that. Uh, and I think it's going to be like the future of art, but some in addition for something that already exists and something already valuable regarding the artists and their work, for yeah. example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so um, can you explain <laughs> to the audience what the hell brought you to Belgrade? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I'm always <laughs> explaining this because I think uh, Serbians are always like, what are you doing here? You know? <laughs> I, I, I think the, the answer I always give is that I just feel like the vibe here suits me. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I, I've been coming here for years now. I was, I think I was here for the first time in uh, 2017 for a festival called Resonate, which is more experimental mm-hmm. festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had, a, and I, had, I had a great time here. It just is, it, it's just, it, yeah, it just has a vibe that suits me, my personality, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a little bit like Berlin, you know, but it's not Berlin, it's you not know, Berlin. it's, it's a little bit, I, I also am like, I, you know, I like to travel a lot, um, but, you know, 
I think Belgrade just sort of kind of struck me as a as a place that I could stay for for longer, you mm-hmm. know, because I just uh, I just enjoyed being here, you know. Um, I can't really, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a more specific way to say it other than it just it just sort of suits my personality and i feel comfortable here mm-hmm. you know i love the people mm-hmm. you know they're so very friendly it. and like open. food i guess yeah yeah <laughs> you know i like the food you know yeah. um but do you like serbian music <laughs> yeah i just uh, you know, uh, yeah i mean yeah i love so i like you know i love serbian music oh, wow. you, you go wave you know <laughs> Uh, not so much turbo folk. I don't really know too much about no. that. But it's you know, yeah, it's Ser- Serbia. It's you know, it's a kind of like a um, kind of a, a, a Eastern European capital of techno as well. You know, and uh, another thing, yeah, I just remember what I was going to say is I don't really like to go to really obvious places, right? Mm-hmm, and Belgrade mm-hmm, is a mm-hmm. little bit off the beaten path. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's a place that people wonder like, why, why are you going there? Why are you going to Serbia? Like people in the states are like, oh, Serbia, Siberia, are they the same thing? Yeah, yeah, they don't really so people don't really know about it so i kind of like to go to places like that as opposed to some you know crazy tourist trap city that everybody mm-hmm. goes to right mm-hmm. so that's why you know um i like it better for example than prague you know which mm-hmm. is almost like very almost like western european mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. and it's like a beautiful fairy tale castles yeah, and, exactly. you know but all i see is just a sea of tourists you know and belgrade isn't isn't there yet it's still very much serbian you know mm-hmm. so that's why i like it i love your way of thinking <laughs> okay so a couple of months ago uh you were at exit festival Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. the guys from Billboard ask you to do uh, some kind of article. Yeah. Like a report. <laughs> yeah. Uh regarding that festival. So I read it and it really looks amazing. And I think Thanks. it's almost completely the truth what what you wrote over there. So I really like it and I like the way you were writing it. Uh so what do you think about Exit Festival and your experience uh, while you were there? Yeah, I mean it was it was amazing. I you know, I another now I've thought of another reason why I like um you know, I I like Serbia and Belgrade is is because if it's it's it, during the pandemic it was slightly more open than mm-hmm. a lot of other countries and places and I had covid very early on and I'm vaccinated. So I have a slightly different mentality than other Americans I just you know it's fine it, it I'm glad people are being cautious but for me myself I wanted to go to a place that was more open right mm-hmm. and so I was very curious about exit because it was the first um major European music festival that was completely open uh since the pandemic began mm-hmm. right and and they were very careful as far as making sure you know everybody was either vaccinated or had uh you know had a test you know mm-hmm. um and it was almost like an experiment you know and so i thought it was just really interesting for me to be at the first you know festival you know that that kind of opened up so that was uh yeah that was interesting i'd never been to novisad before so i was interested in that and uh never been to exit before and you know i've heard about exit for many years so mm-hmm. um Yeah, so it was a great experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was. <laughs> yeah. We all love Exit Festival. Okay. Uh so we actually met at the Time Code event that yes. happened at the beginning of September. Mm-hmm. It was a lovely event at the rooftop in Belgrade. Mm-hmm. Um and so you met the guys from the organization, right? Yeah, Time Dimitri Code. and Ivan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what great. is your opinion about Time Code events? Oh, I love I love Time Code. Mm-hmm. Uh I think they do a great job. Um You know they're uh, they find amazing exotic locations uh, and uh, they do a great job in shooting it. It's all very mm-hmm. beautiful and they get great you know DJ talent to to play it. You know and I didn't even know they were Serbian. You know until I met Dimitri. You know yeah. Um, and uh, yeah that was actually my first actual time code event that I was that I was at. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like live in person so mm-hmm. that was quite exciting for me and uh yeah i really like what they're doing so good. yeah it was good. cool and meeting them as well yeah it's, yeah it's a good way to to support these guys for sure yeah, yeah. okay but uh, you mentioned um a state of mi- different state of mind regarding pandemic 
So people over here have one state of mind and people in America, for example, have completely the other. So what is that you like or you don't like uh, when we talk about people living over here and people living in America? You mean regarding the pandemic? Regarding the pandemic, yeah. Uh, you know, I think America is really different because uh, it's a little bit more complicated than that because America has the different states basically make, up, make their own rules uh, and make their own laws. So they... Um, so regarding the pandemic, you know, there are places like Florida and Texas, which are very open, that are basically like Serbia, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> and then there are places like California and New York, which are more locked down, more closed down. Every, everywhere is opening up now, right? And uh, so it's, it's very kind of divided in that way, you know? And it was, you know, it, it, and my reason for coming to Belgrade and Serbia is not specifically because of the pandemic either. It's also like, I like Belgrade better mm. than Texas or, or, or Florida. I could go to Florida, oh, you know, wow. if, I, if I'm trying to escape the pandemic, but like, I prefer, you know, Serbia as well. I prefer wow. being, being in Europe. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right now we have a little game to play. Oh, okay. Yes. It's called simply the truth. <laughs> so I have over here seven numbers. Okay. Behind every number, there is one question. <laughs> and <laughs> can I pass or something? No. Oh, I to, I no, don't worry. This is nothing personal. Oh, I'm gonna okay. be a good girl. Okay. <laughs> you just need to pick three out of seven numbers, and okay. uh, I will reveal the questions, and I will need you to answer on those questions. <laughs> okay. Okay. I suppose I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Uh, well, since I get to pick three, I'll pick the number three. Number three, mm -hmm. all right. Oh, what is your hidden talent? Not everyone knows. <laughs> oh, my hidden talent. <laughs> um, the first thing that comes to mind is I know how to, I, I, I enjoy cooking and cooking Chinese food that my mm -hmm. mom kind of taught me how to do, which is just sauteing stuff in a big wok, just cutting up, you know, all the vegetables and all the meat into little pieces and just putting it in a wok for like 60 seconds and then having it with some rice and it's delicious. So I like cooking. Wow, nice. <laughs> All right, the second one. Second one. Let's try seven. Seven. Seven says, did you ever reject to work with someone? Do you ever reject? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, okay, yeah, the, the, I, can, I, I, I can answer this honestly insofar as... You don't need to say who was that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I can tell you the situation because it's a totally understandable situation. Sometimes, mm -hmm. um, sometimes labels or artists come to us uh, when they need, like in, in an emergency, when they feel like something that, that the ship is sinking and they mm -hmm. have, you know, they have a single they're putting out, but there's a, it's a big problem for them or something. Right. Mm -hmm. And they would maybe come to us like a week before it's out or after it's already out to try to fix it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and we just don't, we kind of shy away from that because we like to be, you know, successful with our projects and have people have our clients like what we do and come back. And, you know, I, I don't like to be in situations where we're almost like set up to fail, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, in those cases, you know, then we, we like politely decline mm -hmm. to work with uh, something that is like where we don't have enough runway, you know, to really set something up properly. And, and you know what? It, we have to like, I think the general thing is that we have to vibe with the music. You know, we have to really believe in it and be passionate about the artist yeah. and the music. Yeah. And, uh, and so if it's something that we're, that's not for us, mm -hmm. you know, that could be just, it could be good music, but just not for us, then, you know. Then we reject. <laughs> <laughs> well, I completely approve that. So. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Understandable. All yeah, right, okay. and the third one? Yeah, this is actually pretty cool. You know, you're getting some, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. Me. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know. How about two? Two. Yeah, go for a... Two says, ah, what was the biggest mistake you made in your life? <laughs> <laughs> 
biggest mistake. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I can't. I can't. I, you know. I think. I think one of the. I, you know. I can say the biggest regret is the only thing is that. Uh, um, okay. One of the biggest is. Uh, uh, I was. I was in a really bad bicycle accident uh, in Central Park, mm-hmm. uh, where basically. You know, I fell down. I, I broke a lot of bones and things like that. Uh, and it literally was the week before I was all set to go to Coachella. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, and you know, like the island records was sending oh me and anything like that. And I still remember I was all like broken in the hospital, you know, thinking, oh, I can still go. I can still go. But I couldn't go, you know, and I ended up just taking like six weeks off work you know, in wow. order to, you know, recuperate from that accident. But something good came out of it because it's basically is what started my uh, music career as a, as an artist. And, uh, you know, it was through that, uh, that I, you know, just being sort of depressed and you know, mm-hmm. at home and not going to Coachella and not being able to work. And also, you know, my face was all messed up because of, you know, the accident wow. and just feeling, feeling down about myself in order to keep my mind off of it. I started working on music and I've always, you know, tinkered around with music. I knew, you know, how to operate Ableton, but I really kind of dug in and finished like about four songs and, um, you know, in that period, just mm-hmm. being at home, mm-hmm. uh, and just, you know, put them out and, uh, yeah, they got the, that was, that's still the EP that got like a lot of, you know, they got the 4.5 million plays. So, you know, it's something good came mm-hmm. out of mm-hmm. that. So, um, so yeah, yeah. So that's sort of, you know, like I kind of, you know, I think it's true that a lot of the misfortunes that people that one has in life, there's actually, you know, it actually pushes you into a direction that mm-hmm. in retrospect, you know, was a good thing oh, to happen. I completely so, agree on that. Yeah. And there's a silly expression, like everything happens with a reason. Right. But it actually yeah. does, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I know you personally like Anjuna sound mm-hmm. uh so we were also actually at the same events and uh, festivals uh, in europe uh, a few years ago uh, before we knew each other <laughs> yeah still uh you were born and raised in new york yes right? so i guess there is something you like to listen to besides electronic music you mentioned how you started oh you know, yeah I li- yeah i like a <laughs> lot of different types of music mm-hmm. you know so i in, in fact yeah so, I mean, I like, you know, everything from Bob Dylan to, to metal. I'm a huge metal fan as well. Um, what else? Like jazz. So I, I, I do, I think it will, I, I got training because, you know, I, I've always been into a lot of different types of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like pop music as well. I love BTS, you know. Um, but I think part of it was being the music director at, at a radio station where you were forced to listen to everything that came out and decide mm-hmm. what you would program uh, onto, you know, add to mm-hmm. the playlist of the mm-hmm. station. Mm-hmm. And so that was good training in all kinds of, you know, it depends on your mood. You know, sometimes you're in the mood for metal and, and exactly. sometimes you're in the mood for jazz, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> okay. Um, so don't worry, I did not forget to mention this. <laughs> How could I? Uh, you are also an artist, as we know. But right. we're not talking about any music style similar to the clients you, they, your, your clients make, the, the clients you represent. Right. Um, but can you explain what, what kind of electronic music you make? Yeah, it, you know, I, I know this is a terrible cliche that artists say, but it's, like, it's hard to explain or whatever. Oh. But um, <laughs> I suppose like it, it's electronic, um, but it's not quite techno, although I do have some techno influences. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, but I, I also... I also sing on them and there's like vocals on them. I'm very influenced by um, artists like, you know, from the past, from the 70s to the 90s, like mm-hmm. uh, like Suicide mm-hmm. is a big influence of mine. It's a, a famous kind of punky electronic band uh, from nice. the 70s. Um, and, you know, I, I really love Radiohead as well. So it's a lot of different influences going, mm-hmm. going on in mm-hmm. there. So it's sort of like indie experimental electronic mm-hmm. i suppose you could call it yeah i think so <laughs> yeah, so it's it's yeah it is kind of different and then yeah. i put out an ambient record mm-hmm, as well mm-hmm. last year so 
Yeah, it's kind of a little bit more experimental, but that's what I'm into. So that, yeah. that's, that's important. You do what you want, <laughs> what what you feel. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you released a couple of EPs on Spotify. One of those ended up with more than 4.5 million streams. Right, the first wow. one. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say wow. So you're also a Spotify marketing professional. I'm joking. <laughs> like, so um, this is really impressive, for sure. But you also released uh, an EP called Isolation Loops. Yeah. Inspired by your personal experience uh, of the pandemic. When I listened to this, to be honest, uh, what I felt actually is mysterious and kind of I don't know. Uh, spine-chilling vibe. <laughs> right. um, what is the initiator for your music creation? Well, I think for that particular record, it was because uh, I was one of the first people to get COVID in the States, in New York. Mm -hmm. It was like nobody even really knew what it was. I think it was March 2020 or something like that, mm -hmm. uh, like about a year and a half ago. Uh, You know, I just stayed in my room. They wouldn't, uh, the, the testing was really bad then, you know, so, you know, when I finally got tested, it took 10 days for the test to, results to come oh back. So it's not like today, it's, yeah, it's like yeah, night yeah. and day where you can get almost instantaneous results. Um, and so I was actually, I was actually, you know, in my kind of locked up in my room, self-isolating for two weeks or so, you know, mm -hmm. or maybe a bit more. Um, and, and basically, you know, when I started feeling better that I, I felt great and I, I just, you know, whenever I come out of kind of a traumatic experience or something like that, I just want to create, you know, I feel mm -hmm. kind of a new leash on life. So I started working on these songs, you know, and yeah, they're supposed to, they're weird and they're kind of, make you almost a little uncomfortable as well, you know? So, um, it was kind of an interesting experiment for me, you know, and, and the, almost with like a like sound collage and things like that. It was, mm -hmm. it was my most experimental work, but I just felt like I had to get it out into the world. Mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. Wow. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. <laughs> so as far as I know, there is a new P, AP coming out soon, right? Yes, I'm almost done with it. It's actually being mastered right now, mm -hmm. um, but I'm very excited for it. It's um, actually one of the tracks is something I've been working on for years. Oh, wow. Uh, and it's just been kind of, you know, in my hard drive and I would tinker with it and I would tinker more with it. Mm -hmm. And I've actually mm -hmm. played it out when I DJed, but then I've completely revamped the arrangements. And it's just, uh, it's like a difficult record to to mix because there's so much going on mm -hmm. in it. It's mm -hmm. got influences of, it's a techno song, but it's also really influenced by like Japanese noise oh, and wow. things that I'm into in the, in the like weird indie music from the nineties. And so it's like, it's four minutes, but there's all these really different things that go on. So it just took a while for me to be happy with it just because mm -hmm. it was difficult to mix all these different layers. Um, but I'm finally happy with it. And I'm finally like, you know, I've been like to the last minute, oh, I'll put a little cowbell here, just all kinds of little, little changes, you know? Um, but I'm finally happy with it. So it's going to finally see the light of day, you know? And then I have a very, and then there's another song on there that's very experimental. That's influenced by things like Scott Walker, who's this kind of, um, this crooner uh you know the who's you know one of my musical heroes mm -hmm. uh this british like uh uh kind of guy who sang ballads in the in the 60s um and uh and just yeah influenced by it's not even a dance track you know it's influenced by kind of 90s kind of slow core type stuff like 90s indie rock so yeah so kind of going back to my roots there you oh, know interesting cannot so, wait but yeah. can when can we expect it uh you know i haven't set a release date for uh, that yet okay. uh, like i said it's still being mastered but i'm uh, you know but soon i guess <laughs> yeah so you know uh, okay. like every artist like, he's most excited yeah. about his latest work so there you go of course understandable yeah. completely okay so you heard you also like iceland so much uh are there any other special places you like or you want to visit outside america um that i want to visit i don't know i mean 
I think I visited a lot of places and, and they're, you know, uh, like when I went to, I went to Iceland twice about over 10 years ago and it was mm -hmm. amazing. It was there for Iceland airwaves. It's just a really cool country. I think it's gotten a little over touristed. So I just, I don't go there anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, I like Montreal as well. It's very close to New York, but it's mm -hmm. a completely different world. Everyone's yeah. speaking French. They have really interesting food. They also have a great electronic music scene there. Uh, so that's also very much my vibe, very kind of artistic and cultural there. Um, you know, a bit like Belgrade, you mm -hmm. know. So, you know, I like these kind of urban, kind of mm -hmm. gritty places with a lot of uh, graffiti and stuff and a lot of kind of, Uh, creativity you know mm -hmm. so uh, yeah I like Montreal places that I want to go to um, I want to go to Slovenia oh you wow know? I don't okay. know like I'm just like <laughs> I, you know I, um, I want to check out uh, Ljubljana you know uh -huh. Uh, I was actually planning this summer, you know, while I was in Belgrade to take these trips to like Zagreb and mm -hmm. Ljubljana, you know, uh, but, uh, but I ended up not going because I wasn't really sure what the COVID restrictions were or if I was mm -hmm. like, trying to get through the border. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. so. Well, my advice, if you want to go over there to visit Bled, it's a lake. Yes, I heard it's, it's beautiful there. Yeah. yeah. Or mm -hmm. if you like skiing, you could also visit some mountains yeah. they have they have nice ones yeah so uh i realized you could work uh from anywhere in the world this is the reason why you're over here for a couple of months so what exactly is your job in front of the computer right now how does your regular day looks like look like yeah i mean it, it is a little bit so i'm going back to new york because you know mm -hmm. it is a little bit kind of different you know because of the time zones mm -hmm. you know um, it's actually okay because i'm only you know i you know i work with black hole recordings as well and they're in the same time zone mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. because they're in the netherlands, in the netherlands yeah. and uh you know and then june is in london so they're only yep. one time zone away mm -hmm. so there's no problem with that it's more working with the clients and my oh, partner okay. in in the u.s mm -hmm. you know that's a that's a little bit tricky but it's not i make it work because basically you know i'm up hours and hours before they are sending mm -hmm. them emails so mm -hmm. i'm kind of get ahead of the game there and there's just occasionally when you need to talk to someone in LA, you know, you just, you know, you may need to do a Zoom or a conference call at like 11 in the evening, but I make it work, you know? So I'm always kind of working, you mm. know? So uh, I enjoy my work a lot, you know, I really thrive on it. So, uh, so I don't mind any, any of these slight inconveniences. That's really important, that, that joy moment regarding the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I yeah. think everyone wants to achieve that in their lives, but it's not always that easy, unfortunately. Okay, uh, so how many people are actually involved in your agency? Well, we have an office in Miami, mm -hmm. uh, an office in New York, and sometimes Belgrade, mm -hmm. uh, and an office in LA Wait, as well. Really, I didn't know this for Belgrade. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying that's me. You know? oh, okay. uh, and then and then we have uh, you know we have a publicist in LA as well. So mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. So, are there mm -hmm. any open positions? Can I apply? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can be our Belgrade office, you know? Right. <laughs> we'll talk after. <laughs> uh, we'll talk after, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, you are returning to America soon, as you said. Um, yeah. what, what plans do you have written in your agenda <laughs> for the future? Can we see another big name joining Vampire Music Agency, maybe? Yeah, we're working on a few things, but I can't really talk about it. There's a lot of exciting things that mm -hmm. we're working on for the future and for, you know, 2022, which is mm -hmm. coming up. Um, yeah, so, and there's still, I, I, I'm still going to be doing some traveling as well, you know, uh, for, for work. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, may go to London in December. Uh, and so there's a, there's other things that, that we're doing and we're talking, we're always talking to people, mm -hmm. you know, to be, mm -hmm. you know, clients and things like that. So there's definitely a lot of interesting things coming up in the future, both from our current clients, you know, and, and new ones. So yeah, just cool. very excited. Cool. Mm -hmm. Always on the move, always busy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, try to be. All right. Um, this was a lovely conversation. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me. It you know, was this nice is chatting great. with you, Lawrence. Yeah. I mm -hmm. hope um, you enjoyed it. Yeah. I, th I thought this was great. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Definitely. Okay. Thank you for showing me and everyone watching and listening to some other side of the music scene. 
um, accepting my invitation and coming directly to my studio. Uh, this was a nice journey into the music industry, once again. Um, I wish you greatest success with your music, the agency, and I hope to see you soon again in Belgrade. Okay, mm -hmm. no, I hope to see you soon somewhere in the world. <laughs> sure, is, you should come to New York sometime. <laughs> when yeah, things get around. better regarding the yeah. COVID, mm -hmm. for sure. All right, um, so uh, behind you there is a poster. You can oh. see it. It's called Creatures of the Night because oh, it is... Okay made for creatures of the night, as you are, for example. <laughs> so the idea is everyone who come to this studio mm -hmm. and record this interview with me uh, to leave some kind of a mark. Okay. So you will leave your mark <laughs> and it's going to be uh, your signature Great. and your fingerprint. Oh, wow. Okay. And I'm not going to use it for something illegal. <laughs> but we will do it this afterwards, okay? Sounds great. And uh, one more thing. I have one tiny special gift for you. Oh, wow. Because A I want to thank you for being here. <laughs> Thanks so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Wow. You can check it. Cool. Tell me if the size is right. If not, I'm going to correct it. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Oh, T-shirt. Oh, wow. This looks great. Yeah, the printing is really awesome. Yeah, no, I, I really like this logo. I'm definitely going to yeah, wear this. Thank you. <laughs> this is perfect. Yeah. No, I wear t-shirts. I mean, obviously, but yeah, yeah. This, is, this one I would wear, you know? Perfect. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm glad. Very nice. All right. Cool. So music lovers out there, please feel free to share your impressions about this episode. If you like this interview, please click on the like button below this video, I'll leave a comment and share it with the world. If you haven't subscribed to the Connected by Frequency YouTube channel, don't forget to do it and do it now. And yes, until next time, we will for sure stay connected by frequency. Take care and have fun.